0: Welcome, dear listener. I hope that you are going to really enjoy these episodes of being radically honest. And in the spirit of being radically honest, we need to fess up. So here's the thing. We started this out calling it radical honesty, but it turns out there's somebody already out there using the term and even trademarked the term radical honesty. So from here on in, we are going to refer to this as radically honest instead. Enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome to a new wonderful bonus series that I'm doing that is associated with my orgasmic life but it's this whole other program that me and Dana are going on this adventure about it's called radical honesty real talk series and I'm so excited to be going on this adventure with Dana, Um, you know. Our last time that we spent time together, we talked about what is Radical Honesty, uh, so go check out that episode, and today we're going to get into how does Radical Honesty show up for us, both internally and externally. So, Dana, you want to introduce yourself a little bit for uh, all the audience that doesn't know you yet?
0: Awesome. So, my name is Dana Ferrand. I am, let's tell a brief synopsis, let's see, I grew up in a cult, became a dominatrix, uh, grew a seven figure business, sold it, and then became a coach to help people keep their head out of their ass to grow their own world domination plans.
1: <laughs> I love that. How's that? How's that's, that? The, that's the first time I've heard you introduce yourself. It's awesome. I'm like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> It's So totally balty. I love it. <laughs> Talk about
0: radical honesty. There you go. There is the highlight reel. <laughs> All, All right, the well, things that make me crazy. That's that's what you need to know no, to understand why I'm so fucking crazy. So in a good way.
1: In a good All way. In a good way. In Absolutely. A good way. Um, okay. So then that's going to give me some pause to, uh, to our next ta- Our next episode, I'll do an intro that's you know uh, radical like that. Okay. <laughs> I, I need some time. I got a whole lot of crazy. I got to pick which crazy I want to share.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was just totally off the top of my head. Like awesome. really, it's I love just it. like I love yeah, it. I love it too.
1: I may may use that
0: everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, boom, boom.
1: (laughs) Done. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about how is radical honesty showing up for you? First of all, actually, why do we, let's just give a little recap on what we are doing, like why we're doing this.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause it's kind of crazy, but at the same time, uh, what I'm seeing is that most people lie to themselves first and foremost, right? It's like, no, things are good. And, you know, and, and then that shows up in like addictions or staying too long in relationships that don't work for you or continuing on a business path that doesn't work for you because you've committed all this time to it. And we don't actually dig in and get honest with what do we really feel? What do we really want? Um, And so it's, it's about this symptom of not being radically honest, not being truly, truly dig down deep, hardcore, honest leads to physical pain, emotional pain, financial pain. That would be the synopsis. That's a very good synopsis. Very Thank you. Very, you're on fire. This I'm way. on fire too. I know. I'm like, yes. You go, know, girl. <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, yeah. So basically you and I have been, you know, in uh, a friendship relationship for three years now? I think three years. Yeah. It's got to be three it's been years. Longer. Maybe I, think longer. It's
1: longer. I think it's longer than three years.
0: Shh, I don't want to get old fast.
1: So okay. <laughs> we've been in a relationship. We've been in a friendship, a radical, honest, let's call it what it is. We've been yes. in a radical, honest friendship, intense yeah. friendship. Intense. Definitely the last three years we've had, we've known each other longer than that, but I would say in the last three years is where we have like really dropped into being radically honest with each other. And I have grown as a human being exponentially Mm -hmm. because of us constantly leaning into this beautiful place of radical honesty with each other, Mm -hmm. with ourselves and practicing all the ways that it doesn't go right (laughs) and all the ways that it's messy (laughs) and all the times that it's like wow that worked out really well and so it's been like this beautiful our relationship this is what I love about our relationship it's been a beautiful um, growing safe containment space for Mm -hmm. us to really explore expand understand it and see how it shows up and from this we've birthed this great idea and one of our you know long radical honesty hangout with each other and we started to think about well what if we actually started to teach people this what Mm -hmm. would happen if we started to create space where we had an immersive experience where you came for a weekend and you experienced not only learned about radical honesty but got to practice it in a safe environment, mm-hmm. and that Beautiful. is what has been birthed. And so we have <laughs> birthed it, and now we are going to do as a commitment to showing, showcasing what this looks like and what you might be getting yourself into every, every two weeks. Don't say it that way. <laughs>
0: The fun and debauchery that you're going to get yourself <laughs> get into. I think that will appeal much more. <laughs> much better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you have the dates in front of you of when it's in April?
0: April yeah, because I just changed it on the website. So April 22nd to 24th in 2022.
1: Beautiful. In Toronto. And we'll have the link in the show notes and how you can get involved. Okay, so where are we gonna? Who wants to go first? You want to go first? You're on fire. You (laughs) want to go first? I am on
0: fire. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when those days click in where the brain just is like out of the way and it's full on channeled information just dropping in because it's so brilliant. So, um, yeah. So the story that I wanted to to bring out was a recent episode. So I have recently started dating again um, both that I'm in an ethically non-monogamous relationship, which is now ending. So, you know, that gets kind of complicated, but regardless I am dating again. And, uh, and in the world of, you know, online dating and digital apps and all these things, it's, it's quite the adventure. Mm-hmm. And it, you know what, I just want to segue in one piece. I have seen a remarkable number of men, cause that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for men. Um, not that this is a call out, please do not reach out for me for a date, <laughs> go through the proper app. Uh, and that's very wanted-
1: important that you said that because anything that we share here is not an invitation right. for <laughs> us to engage with us on a personal level. You can engage with us in a professional capacity for support, but this is not an opportunity as an invitation for any personal interactions with yes. us.
0: Okay. Thank you. Okay. So I've been really surprised at how many men have something in their profile about that. They're looking for somebody who is honest, mm-hmm. like that comes up again and again and again in the profiles. And I don't know whether these men have been cheated on. And so then, the, you know, the whole honesty thing is, is there Or they feel, you know, from the dating world where people, you know, post a picture from 20 years ago and then show up and you're like, that's, you know, 20 (laughs) years and 50 pounds ago. Uh, You're not the same person. I'm not sure where that's coming from, but it is, it's really struck me, I guess, because we're talking so much about honesty. It struck me as how many times that that's coming up. But even with that, like I've noticed that there's, there's only like surface level honesty that they're looking for. So for example, so I was, I was dating this fellow. Well, we we were talking back and forth. We had some great conversations. We were having video chats like every day, having some really great conversations, a really good click. And his schedule, my schedule weren't lining up. So finally we're going to get together for a date. And he lives about an hour drive from me. So, and I don't like to drive at night. I should preface that. So I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I think I've reached that point where it's like, I don't enjoy it. It doesn't work for me. So he's got a big house. And so we arranged that it's like, he's got a guest bedroom. I was going to stay over. And that, you know, it was like, we we're spending a chunk of time together. So setting that a lot, because basically we had more of a night in, we went out for dinner and then came back and just kind of hung out at his place, which was very lovely. Now here's the problem for me is that in that time, he had probably about seven drinks and four joints. Mm-hmm. And as someone who is a super lightweight, on a good day, I can have one glass of wine and feel quite tipsy. Um, that's an extreme difference for me. And you and I talked about this afterwards and how like that actually triggers on my you know, childhood and being around people who are drinking and doing drugs and it not being safe. Mm-hmm. because it wasn't, it was not a safe environment. Um, so I had to have a conversation with this person that, you know, I really enjoyed him. I mean, the rest of the encounter was really enjoyable. We, we clicked, everything was so good. He's got his shit together. He's got a business he's doing well financially. I mean, that's a hook for me, right? It's like, Oh, um, but I had to sit down and, and tell him on the Monday that, you know, I really like you and your drinking is a problem. Mm-hmm. it makes me uncomfortable and what was funny was that he was like oh okay um you know i've got i got i'm just getting in i got to have a shower i'm like okay no problem so then he you know about an hour goes by and he texts me he's like oh i'm really tired i'll you know talk to you in the morning you know have a good sleep well with you know mm-hmm. heart emoji whatever right and then nothing Mm-hmm. Like, no discussion about it, no wanting to dive into it, nothing, just ghost, which, you know, I think is, like, so annoying <laughs> on so many levels. <laughs> like, just say, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to face this. I'm not willing to give up my drinking. Been nice knowing you. See you later. Like, say something. Like, it's so frustrating when people can't just be honest and I get that it's uncomfortable because it was not a comfortable conversation for me to have with this person well and and I think we
1: need I think we need to preface too that you and I had a very long conversation about what it was and what was like for you to get clear like it wasn't just like oh I didn't like your drinking and then the next day you're like hey I, I need to talk to you about your drinking it was like you were feeling uncomfortable and not quite sure to what degree why that was making you uncomfortable and so that's where that radical honesty internal piece comes in right where Mm
0: -hmm. you then
1: went and did all this internal work and us having a conversation for you to get clear oh that's right drinking that much alcohol triggers my unsafety trauma childhood stuff and so then once you were clear on that, that's how you approach the conversation, like you actually went back to him from a really ownership place, like there was no blaming, there was no mm-hmm. any of that kind of stuff. It was just a genuine like, hey, so this is what this feels like for me, um, you know, just to let you know, I had a great time. And this is what I feel like, which opened up the possibility, mm-hmm. you know, opened up this beautiful possibility for him to choose to lean in. Or choose yep. to not lean it, but let's be honest, we don't know how to do that. We do, like no. that's that's the piece. Like we don't know how to you know, say, "Hey, that's making me really uncomfortable. I don't really want to deal with this right <laughs> now. So I'm gonna grab a shower," <laughs> or you know what? I think you're crazy. There's nothing wrong with my drinking, or anything of how. He was think what he was thinking or what he was feeling he doesn't have a framework either of mm-hmm. like how is he supposed to say that to you
0: yeah yeah he doesn't have somebody like you to call and go okay so this just got dumped on my plate now what like how do i deal with it what's going on and, and walk it through and, and and no doubt knowing a bit about him no doubt there were some triggers in me saying that mm-hmm. in saying you know y- you, as you are, are not acceptable. I mean, that's, that's basically how a lot of people would interpret it, is that you are not acceptable. And, and I'm just saying, no, it's like, is that behavior just doesn't work for me. Everything else I really like, mm-hmm. but I, I don't want to force somebody to give up, you know, their alcohol, their pot, whatever it is that they're, they're into. So like, you need to decide whether you want that or not. Mm-hmm. But I get to say, does that work for me? To be around that, and for me, it doesn't work because that person changes, and that person becomes less um, cognizant of what my needs are, and you know where where the interaction is. It all be it becomes very focused on on them and their needs, and you know, and that's that's classic case of when somebody's drinking too much. They think they're really funny, and meanwhile, the rest of the room is like you are obnoxious ass.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Which (laughs) I have a funny story to share. So, so this is, this is very, it's doubly interesting in that the reason I'm separating, one of the reasons I'm separating from my current husband, soon to be ex-husband is his drinking and drug use. (laughs) So, so there's also that layer in here. But, you know, he, when he drinks a little too much, he thinks he's being funny and we're all like, man, you are irritating. I'm like, I, I find, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> find him so annoying. And I get frustrated and I yell at him <clears throat> and I laugh because the other day he came home and he was working in his shop with, with his buddy. They were working on the sled and they're working away. And, and his buddy, so his buddy lives with a recovering alcoholic. So there's no alcohol really drank in the house. So when he gets out, he tends to like go a little heavy. Mm-hmm. Starts to go crazy. So he was, you know, working there with with my future ex-husband. And uh, and he's pounding the beers and then, you know, slamming the tools around. He's saying, you know, stuff that's like obnoxious and really annoying. And Pierre's getting like super annoyed with him. And, and he's like, he actually realized for the first time, Gaia,
1: for the first time. <laughs> now, remember, got, we are on recording. We're, know, we're recording this. Okay. 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 I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm like, he knows, right. he knows. Okay.
0: But for the first time, he finally got what I have been saying to him yeah. for all these years. He actually admitted to me that he thought I was making that shit up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was just being hypersensitive. I was just being an annoying bitch, whatever it was that he had in his head, but he finally got how somebody else being more drunk than you and them thinking that they're being funny is actually really annoying. Yes. <laughs> if only he'd got that 10 years ago.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing the, 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 the adventures of, I our- in your dating world um I want to <laughs> share one of many well, i I would <laughs> like to share what's going on internally like how radical honesty is showing up for me on an internal level so a month ago I had fantastic birthday sex and um but I got like I had too much. <laughs> I indulged too much and I didn't take care of my body. And so I popped out ribs and I hurt my neck and I hurt my back. And and so for the last month, like and normally that would just pop itself back in. Like it would have been like a two-day window of like you overindulged, you had too many orgasms, you didn't pay attention to what you needed to do for your body. Yeah. You should have stretched better. Right. But I have been struggling for a month almost in constant pain. Ribs popping out, back happening, uh, lower back happening, neck happening, all these things. And it didn't, no matter what I've been doing to try to actually stabilize my back, it's not working. So I'm still in pain. So last week, I called Dana and I'm like, so do you want to check in just for a second to see whether or not this is something more than just like, you know, physical stuff. And Dana says, well, you know, it's about stability, like how stable are you really feeling in your life these days? And so a little backstory. Um, So I got married last year. Uh, I moved to move in with him. Uh, That's been a shit show of a clusterfuck of a cock show. Uh, I moved all of my work stuff out to the nudist resort. Now I've moved it all back to my old place in Waterloo. Half of my stuff is in Waterloo and half my stuff is at the nudist resort. And so needless to say, I haven't been very stable. been stable for months and months and months and months and months. so it's not surprising that my body also can't stabilize so here's where the ugly truth comes out so Dana starts talking about stability and I'm like yeah I don't I'm not I'm not ready to listen to this I don't want to listen to this I don't want I know where this is going I don't want to listen to this I want to be vengeful I'm angry and I want to be in a vengeful space. And the (laughs) pace in order for me to be vengeful is to leave half of my stuff there so that my husband has to look at it. (laughs) And And not
0: use those rooms.
1: And not use those rooms
0: Mm -hmm.
1: as punishment for the whole parts that he played in the the life gong show clusterfuck that is me at the moment <laughs> and so and in my lifestyle so i say to dana yeah i'm not ready to look at that i need to be vengeful i'm gonna sit with that vengeance and stay with it for a couple of days so it was about two days so in that two days my ribs are getting even worse. They're getting worse now that I actually cognitively realize (laughs) that I'm actually only being doing this out of spite. And that is not actually serving me on any level whatsoever. Even though I've chosen to be vengeful, I now I'm aware of it. So because I'm aware of it, my body's like, are you fucking kidding me? All it takes is for you to make a different choice, do some different mindset, and your body could be better. But I'm like, no, I'm staying in the vengeance. (laughs) I'm do it. So finally, Sunday morning comes around. And I'm like, okay. And I check in. I go in, do some internal work with my subconscious. And I check in. And I'm like, are we ready to let go of the vengeance? And all my subconscious is like, yeah, I think it's a good idea. We've had our, we've had our vengeance. It's actually not really working. Um, he's not even aware that we're doing it with vengeance. So it's, it's like the worst vengeance plan ever. So my subconscious is like, you need to work on your vengeance plans, by the way. I guess this is not a really good one. And we would like our office back, please. That has a proper chair and a proper desktop and a proper, so you can do your computer work and you can do all the things. So I take the moment and I laugh throughout the process and I'm like, all right, I'm going to let go of vengeance and I'm going to do what needs to be done to create stability. What do I need to do to create stability? And then I started that process of having that. Now that I had the honesty of what was really going on and why I was doing what I was doing and my body was doing as a direct... Reaction to that, now I could start to course correct in how do I create stability? And so that's what this week, my whole week has been about is like, how do I create, where am I feeling unstable? And how do I course correct so that I can get stability back into my life so that my body can also drop back into its core stability, which is my rib cage and my abdominals and my lower back and all these things. So so that's the cray cray that the internal and the benefit of radical honesty with oneself and having other people that is also willing to call you out. Yes.
0: Cause it is, it is rather challenging. Like we both have looked at where was our internal process, but it is, it is challenging to see that on our own Yes, and, you know, having somebody else and it doesn't necessarily have to be a coach or a trained therapist or like, if you work with somebody else who's already learned how to be radically honest, um, it is easier for us to spot it in other people than in ourselves. And so yes. I think it's important to have that person that you know is equally committed to being honest yes. that, so that they can actually call you out. Because there's a risk in calling somebody out and saying, listen, uh, I don't think that vengeance is actually working for you, Gaia, right? Like, there's a... like. <laughs> You know there's a risk to that because so many people don't want to hear it and, and so what i find yeah go ahead i, was just I find saying. that most people hold back even when you initially ask cuz i have asked for years i've asked people to be honest i'm like all right tell me what blind spots you see that i am not seeing like what do i need to work on they're like no you're awesome i'm like come on like everybody has something there's something that i'm doing that's annoying you just fucking tell me like yeah. but People are afraid to do that. Yes. So we need to learn the skills of hearing the honesty and being yes. able to sit with it and also being willing to risk saying the honesty. And how do you say that in a way that isn't about, oh, guy, I think you're like so pitiful for being spiteful. That's really like terrible. <laughs> I don't know why I have to do that with a Valley girl accent, but anyway.
1: <laughs> so. I think, and that's, that's beautiful. And it's really important that we have consent. So here's the really important piece of this is that you and I have made a commitment, a consensual commitment to each other to call out each other when we see bullshit. Yes. And because we've consciously allowed that and given that each other permission to do so. So there's been many times where I've told you stuff that I'm like, Ooh, if I had said this to anybody else, I would get disowned. And there's plenty of times where you said shit to me that I'm pretty sure you get disowned if you said that to anybody else. (laughs) But the key in that is that we're both committed to that honesty. We're both Mm -hmm. committed and we had an agreement that we would do that for each other. And I think Mm -hmm. that's that piece around how, Do we move with radical honesty in the layers of radical honesty within our relationships with people? Some people you can have really deep, deep, like you can say, what the fuck? (laughs) You just say what the fuck? Bullshit. That's a bullshit lie. Liar. Liar, liar, (laughs) bad liar. Some people you can have that kind of level of conversation with. Others Mm -hmm. you might have to be like, well, I've noticed that. It's not, you don't seem to be really in line with what you said over here. You know, mm. like there's different layers of that and learning how to navigate that is part of what we're hoping to, we're creating for people to yeah. learn how to practice that.
0: Yeah. And I had a thought, um, it hadn't occurred to me until we got talking about this whole, you know, partnership. So that one key person that, that calls you on your shit. Uh, if you already have somebody that you're developing that relationship with, both of you come Mm -hmm. like whether it's your primary partner or a friend or whatever, you know, that could really move that dynamic forward in a big way. If you're both sharpening your skills of how to be radically honest, practicing it, diving into it, finding that container to be safe, all of those pieces. So anyway, just a, just a thought for,
1: yeah. Yeah. So you got, you're enhancing already in it. that enhancing it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that weekend? Cause I, I'm closed. Do you feel like you need to say anything? Uh, no, I'm
0: good. We can, we can talk briefly about the, the weekend. I mean, we've been kind of, you know, talking a little bit of along the way, but basically it is that whole piece of the experiential container. So this is, uh, extreme personal development, you know, for those that are, have done a lot of work this is not a beginner program please do not come if you haven't done anything else um, but for those that have done all the things yeah and you want to take it to a next level this is about really diving in because i i find a lot of programs and things they pull back from this and granted it's it's smart that you don't you know throw a whole bunch of people into this kind of level so we're keeping the group small So that we can really manage everybody, make sure that, you know, if you have times where you're like, oh, I need to pull back, you've got space to kind of step out for a moment, come back in, really engage and practice the tools. So it is all about holding that uh, container for people to drop in, in a way that is safe and respectful. And then you've got like course correction from you and I along the way. So I'm, I'm quite excited for this.
1: Yeah, and that safety piece is a really important part that Dana and I have done a lot of work to sit in and both of our areas of expertise is in trauma. So in the event that you get might get triggered, we can hold space for you. And we, w- we have set up and worked in there that most likely could happen, that people get triggered, and that's okay. And that there's one of us that will be there to support you through that process. So you won't be left out alone, you will have the support that you need. It's a safe containment space to explore this. And we've really sat down and really worked in those safety components.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I think the other thing that I just want to touch on is that you know, we're calling people to do something dynamic, something challenging, you know, much like if you were to, you know, climb Kilimanjaro or, you know, go run a marathon, you know, those are really incredible experiences that require you to go dig deep. And we're calling that, but at the same time, there's, an ease with it because it's kind of like you're climbing Kilimanjaro, and we are carrying all of the packs. So we're your Sherpas. Yeah, we're this guide, and we're gonna make it easier. We're gonna make sure that your toes are bandaged, and you know, like we're gonna we're gonna take care of you. But this is, um, it's it's a safe space to explore going in a lot deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think there was something else I wanted to say, but I lost the thought halfway through. <laughs> I got distracted with the Sherpas. <laughs> I don't know where they came in from. (laughs)
1: Great. So uh, thank you everybody for listening. And uh, I'm excited to share with you how radical uh, honesty shows up in my life on a regular basis and Dana's life on a regular basis. And stay tuned for more adventures. (laughs) Stay tuned for more adventures (laughs) of, you know, cray cray management.
0: And you can still do epic shit while you're cray-cray.
1: You can still do epic shit while you're cray-cray. So, um, you know, for all the details, the landing page, how to find out the details of this uh, retreat, um, it will be in the show notes. And uh, until next time. Thanks for listening and watching.